Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge, reporting the news in the industry, talking the latest trends and happenings all over the country. Wanted to draw your attention before we bring in our special guest of the week of to an article in Modern Healthcare this week, the 100 Most Influential People in Healthcare. And I think you might be surprised who the person is that topped the list because they're not in healthcare. And it was John Roberts, the uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, making the top of their list. Rounding out the top five, President Barack Obama, Bernard Tyson, the head of Kaiser Permanente, Anthony Tersigny of Ascension, and then the CEO of United Health Group, uh, followed just shortly by the director of HHS, Sylvia Burwell. An interesting perspective, and we're going to be joined here right now by Doug Helzer, president of Simplify HR Now, and he's going to talk to us all about these things. But, Doug, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Were you surprised that John Roberts topped the list for uh, most influential people in healthcare, the 100 most pe- influential people in healthcare? Frankly, I'm not surprised. Yeah, um, I mean, especially when you looked at uh, what happened to the insurance stocks after uh, the Supreme Court ruling. I don't know, they went up like ridiculous amounts. Right. You know, it would be surprising to me if there are any more challenges at the uh, Supreme Court level, but uh, no, I was not surprised that you know, he made the top five because, you know, clearly, you know, that swing decision or, um, you know, obviously has uh, completed the full circle, in my mind, for keeping uh, the Affordable Care Act in place, at least for, you know, the next couple of years. Right. And, uh, let's talk, let's talk yeah. about the aftermath of that. I mean, what do you think is going to, what, what are you seeing happening right now from your perspective? We've talked some about these mergers, but... It's just a pretty volatile industry, it seems to me. Well, the industry has gone through a pretty substantial evolution over the last uh, three decades. And and I think the overall evolution of things are, uh, especially when you factor in the cost of care, the advances in technology and care, and the fact that our healthcare system uh, still involves a substantial uh, portion of for-profit entities um, that, you know, I think at the end of the day hurt the consumer. Right, right. Like United you Healthcare know, I, and others. Right, and, and the consolidation I think is uh, problematic again for the consumer because the less choices you have, uh, the less competition. And I think that that has a negative impact on uh, the consumer at the end of the day. So, you know, I, I, I do see, have seen the trends in this industry move from a predominantly nonprofit healthcare delivery system to a for profit system. And that kind of helps explain the reason why the costs are so high. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We're talking with Doug Hesler, president of uh, Simplify HR now uh, here uh, out in Columbus, Ohio, about uh, some of the things that you've seen. You've been in the industry for an awful long time, uh, d- done a lot of different things, Doug, uh, all the way from you know the TPA world all the way through running an agency and other things. How does this compare to some of the other things you've seen over the last 30 years? Well, I think from a regulatory standpoint, especially for employers that fall into that uh, uh, large employer arena, the pay or play market segment, which is the 50 plus segment. 
I think the over uh, uh, writing most important thing in their minds is to make sure that they're going to be they are compliant, they're going to remain compliant, and that they're going to be able to uh, roll with the changes that are uh, going to continue to evolve uh, as the Affordable Care Act continues to roll out. Because, you know, as you know, there are more things to come. You know, in 2018, we have the Cadillac tax, um, the uh, co-ops that are present in the marketplace in some states, uh, which are nonprofit health plans. Uh, they're going to have to stand on their own merit after next year. So uh, there are some challenges to uh, the Affordable Care Act as it stands in terms of being able to provide a quality access to care for consumers at a decent price. And so my fear is, is that it will continue to evolve into a more expensive proposition for the consumer. And, you know, that, that kind of, you know, is heading in the direction of a single-payer system. Right, right. Let's talk a little bit about that Cadillac tax that you mentioned earlier. Can you help the listeners understand, you know, what, what exactly it is and why it's such a huge problem looming for some of these employers? Well, when you look at the fact that uh, there's a substantial percentage of, of employers that have 50 or more uh, full-time equivalents in, them, uh, in their current population, and they have to start reporting uh, these numbers in January of next year. So if they're not ready and if they're not prepared, if they do not have a system in place, uh, the penalties are very punitive. And I think it's really going to be, uh, you know, a, a rude awakening for a lot of employers to get reengaged with benefits and to make sure that they're compliant with the new law. Because we've seen instances where companies, you know, are not going to be able to afford the penalty. Do you think a lot of businesses are going to be, um, you know, have to pay that tax in a couple of years if they don't do anything? Uh, I think that if you look at the Congressional Budget Office and they've estimated, you know, $1.3 billion in potential penalties between now and 2020, I think that's part of the plan. I think that's part of the expectation uh, to help fund the Affordable Care Act because it's an expensive law that rests on the shoulders of a lot of employers that really, especially in the service industries, really haven't had to participate in that employee benefit arena. And now they're being forced to, and so it's adding another layer of cost for them and a substantial amount of reporting and compliance. You work with a lot of people in, like, uh, fast food and stuff like that, right? Right. The The service industry and... uh, you know, traditionally, if you look at, like, franchises for restaurants and so forth, uh, really have enjoyed benefit plans for just the management class. And uh, now having to extend benefits to all of their full-time employees, you know, that can be a, that's a pretty costly proposition, especially if you're talking about a 
couple of hundred additional people. And so, you know, the way the law is structured, if, if a full-time employee is eligible for a qualified group plan through their employer, then they cannot go to healthcare.gov, the exchange, and secure a subsidy to help them pay for the cost of insurance. So that cost is shifted over to the employer because they also have to make that plan affordable for that employee, and that means that they cannot charge them more than 9.5% of their W-2 income. So, you know, the employee's share of the cost, obviously, you know, is more than many of them want to pay for, and at the same time, it, it can be a pretty substantial additional cost for an employer. Wow. Well, we're talking with Doug Helzer, president of Simplify HR now, about some of the challenges facing employers from an uh, employee benefits and compliance standpoint. And you just mentioned, Doug, that that dynamic of whether or not the company offers, how that removes the exchange subsidy from that employee, somehow they're going to have to make sense all of, of all of that. And that's going to be happening here with this official employer report due at the beginning of next year. I don't think many people are even aware of it, that they even need to do that. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I mean, we we found that in, in many of the companies that we've talked with that have um, 100 or more associates obviously have been uh, uh, complying with or making an effort to comply with the law starting last year because... You know, they had to start their reporting period uh, a year previously. But I think at 50 to 100 market segment, there's still a sizable population of employers that still have not put in a plan, uh, a measurement plan, and a reporting uh, process. We, We have had a number of companies come to us that have, started a measurement period, typically through their payroll vendor, but they don't have the reporting set up to report the 1094s, 1095s, you know, 1095B and C uh, that's required of them at the end of January next year. Right, right. And those forms take about, what, 15, 20 minutes for some of them? I think one of them takes four hours. I mean, you look at the instructions, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, after you get through just populating the form for a single uh, employee, which could be, again, they do estimate about 15 minutes per employee, but if you're self-funded, you may have to file a couple of forms. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when you look at the filing portion of this, I think the instructions for the the e-filing are like 63 pages. I mean, it's it's a pretty sizable document to get through. Uh, and so, you know, we, we literally uh, developed a service to help employers, you know, file their end-of-the-year forms, uh, capturing the data that they already are, are uh, uh, gathering through their payroll vendor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's created an additional service that we've had to provide for customers uh, and yet, I still find, literally on a weekly basis, an awful lot of employers in that 50 to 100 market segment still do not have a measurement system or a filing process in place. Yeah, and they just think that they're going to be okay or it's going to be delayed. 
and uh, they're going to be doing a lot of work scrambling. Or I guess the other thing is they could call what Simplify HR now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you guys yeah, can we, do all of that for them. Well, the most important uh, service that we offer an employer is, in addition to the ACA compliance component, uh, which we have automated through uh, a platform we call Simplify HR Now, uh, it also serves as a complete HR information system uh, portfolio in a, in a paperless uh, environment that, that has direct fees to all the carriers, to the payroll companies, uh, and can really save an employer a lot of time and money, not only with ACA compliance, but with benefit administration, open enrollment, uh, and we've added a feature because we are a full-service HR firm uh, to do what's called the uh, Department of Labor uh, Audit Protection. And, uh, you know, in addition to the ACA compliance, the Department of Labor requires employers to, uh, you know, comply with numerous uh, employment laws. And as an HR firm, we audit that process through our platform and help employers stay compliant, compliant with the law. So that's important because I I thought I heard companies. What was it? Um, uh, let's see, like Abercrombie, didn't they get hammered with some fines for Department of Labor stuff? Yeah, there's there's a there's there's a, a whole list of companies that have been hit. Disney with some financial penalties for either wage and tax um, uh, errors or uh, the one area that we find a substantial number of mistakes is in I-9 processing. And so we spend some time making sure that when we audit, we, we take a look at all of the processes that the employer currently has in place, manage all these Department of Labor auditable items, and then if we find that they're not doing it correctly, we help correct that process and get them on the right track. And then we monitor that moving forward. And so that makes, you know, the HR department and any fiduciary in the company, uh, I think that makes their, their, their jobs a little bit easier because you've got an outside resource that's qualified, that understands the law, that understands the audit process, and can help you make sure that you can uh, comply with those uh, those procedures. Right, right, exactly. You know, when you factor in I-9s, I, th- I think if they've got a high turnover, I thought the onboarding process, or at least just the handling the I-9s takes on average, and this is government data, didn't it take about 90 minutes per employee just to set them up? Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of Simplify HR now. I mean, we can take not only uh, someone that's uh, an employee and manage that entire process for you. So that includes onboarding, that includes enrollment, that includes them going in to be able to request, uh, you know, time off, vacations, et cetera. But at the same time, you know, we're providing, um, um, uh, you know, a portal for them to, uh, manage the entire process in a compliant manner. 
Exactly, exactly. Hey, Doug, can you stick around for one segment? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll keep Doug around for one more segment. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. When we come back, we're going to get into more of these uh, challenges facing individuals. We've got some healthcare.gov horror stories and much more here on the program. Check out our website, healthreformexplained.com, and our SoundCloud page with 350 segments of healthcare goodness for you. We'll be right back. 